Welcome to Wake Forest University Department of Counseling Podcast. I'm Dr. Bob Nations, and with me is my esteemed co-host, uh, Dr. <laughs> Shannon Warden. Hey, Hi, Bob. Shannon. How are hey. you doing today? I'm doing great, Bob. Good. I'm excited, I'm as always, to get to have this uh, time with you and our friends. Yes. We've got none other than Dr. Michelle Mitchell. Yes. In our studio. It's a She's studio. In the studio. Michelle, in case you didn't know. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a studio. For real. I mean, we're legit, Bob. We are. Because we are. You know, we've got this big <laughs> table that really serves for multiple mm-hmm. purposes, meetings, lunch, etc. <clears throat> but then we also hook up these really cool podcasts, just really cool podcast gear and we um got the equipment uh, out. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so but yeah. we're we are we are glad to have you here today. Yeah. We really are Michelle, here. thank you. We've been working, Bob, you know, to make sure that all the faculty mm-hmm. in the Department yes. of Counseling have uh, one at least and certainly more. We, we really want mm-hmm. listeners to know who we are and what we're doing here at Wake Forest University in the Department of Counseling. We always, Michelle, we always try to tell people we've got the master's degrees, mm-hmm. master's programs, master's mm-hmm. of arts programs. Let me make sure I get that right. Correct. Master's of arts program in clinical mental health counseling and school counseling. And we're doing that here, bricks and mortar style, traditional yes. campus, and we also have a really thriving online program as well. Right, so right. Um, it's exciting. You it know is. that, Bob. Yeah. You know, I know. Mm-hmm. We will make sure we get that out there to the listeners. Absolutely. So, but you know what? Okay. Right now, we got to get Dr. Michelle Mitchell out to the listeners. You exactly. Ready? You ready to do it? Let's go. All right. Yes. Start us <laughs> off, Bob. Where do we want to start? Give us a good one. Good question. How did you first get interested in? Counselor education. Yeah. Tell us your story. So it's a, wow, it's a long story. Um, Counseling specifically, my sister, she's older than me, always wanted to be a school counselor, like Mm -hmm. always wanted to do that. Um, And I knew I wanted to be a helper, but I kind of dabbled around a bit. Um, And in undergrad, I got a, a degree in public health. So I didn't go the traditional route with psychology and after I graduated, I was just kind of looking for a job. I couldn't find one in public health. Um, so I worked with my sister. Um, and uh, I was helping children, um, and most of which were on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. I was going in their home, providing in-home services, obviously not mm-hmm. as a counselor, but as more of an aide um, okay. in working with families. So I just kind of stumbled into that, if I were to be honest with you. Um, and I needed a more stable job. And I was putting out applications, putting out applications. And um, at the same time, I was wanting to go back to school for my master's. At that point, I knew I wanted to get my master's, and I thought in public health. And I just got a lot of rejections, if I were to be honest. Um, And I'm very transparent about that because I think people need to know Mm -hmm. everyone's journey is not linear. (laughs) Mine was not. That's encouraging. Part of our stories. Absolutely. I... um, I applied two consecutive years to um, master's programs in public health, and I got rejections. Um, mm. And at the time, it was really discouraging, but it ended up being a really a blessing because I wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm Christian, and I pray, and I was like, okay, God, I'm applying to these jobs. Whichever type of job I get, that's the direction I'm going to go. Like, that's the direction that I think you want me to go in. And um, I had um, public health-related interviews, and then I had mental health-related interviews. And there were two positions, neck and neck. And I had 
I got a second interview for both of them, and I was like, okay, it's down to the wire. Whichever one this goes in, whichever direction, that's where I'm going to go. And um, the public health position didn't want me, which was fine. And I went into behavioral health, mental health, and then I applied to my master's program. And I don't know, the rest is kind of history in terms of me moving forward and being a counselor. But yeah, it, mm. it, I don't, yeah, I couldn't have really planned any of those things out. I knew I wanted to help people. I just didn't know what context. So I kind of left yeah. it up to my faith walk to figure it out. Absolutely. I think um, at first glance, those look like closed doors, but those are really purposeful doors because they show, yeah. they show even more clearly. And in this case, shown even more clearly what the open door was. Right, right, yeah, right. I mean, I, in hindsight, am really thankful for those rejections, if I to be honest. Um, It gave me motivation. I wasn't used to being rejected before, if I be honest. Um, (laughs) So it forced me to say, I'm going to buckle down. I'm going to, okay, I really need to study for the GRE. Um, (laughs) I really need to do some research on the field that I'm going in and is this really the right fit and talking to different professionals and, and people. So it, in hindsight, it really was um, a blessing, even though at the moment, in the moment, it didn't feel good, but it didn't stop me from moving forward. And I'm thankful for it because I'm supposed to be a counselor. Like I know that. Um, So I like yeah. that, Bob. I you hear that? that? We're good? supposed to be a counselor. That's, <laughs> yeah. you know, what we're hoping for for students or potential students who may be listening right now. Should I pursue counseling? And obviously, sure. we we want to we want to invite everybody to look at our programs. But that's not to say there are not other good programs out there. Wherever you're at, whatever your circumstances are, maybe just start researching what the possibilities are mm-hmm. and see what doors are open. Yeah. Um, because it might feel like rejection, and yeah. yet uh, maybe this path is calling you as well. Maybe you're going to be mm-hmm. uh, a Michelle Mitchell at some point saying, yeah. "I'm supposed to be a counselor." I know. And you may not know it in the moment, but like, mm. you know, what I enjoy hearing Michelle talk about is that she had this kind of, uh, it sounds like an underlying desire to help people. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. knew that's what, what you wanted to do and how that was going to come about. Just really wasn't sure, yeah. but to be open to possibilities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have a lot of students that come in that will have that that kind of desire. And they said they have gone through some processes like Michelle's talking about to all of a sudden realize I'm working in this area that's just not, uh, I want more. Yeah. Or it's not fulfilling. It's not. And so they they um, try to make that transition. And we, we encourage that when folks are looking right. at fulfilling their desire to help others to consider counseling and to see if, if we're the program for them. Right. And I'm just glad she landed here. Yeah. I'm, I'm sticking with the door. Absolutely. Let me say about landed here. Yes. We are loving Michelle Mitchell, mm-hmm. Dr. Thank Mitchell. You. Mm-hmm. We give credit there yes. where credit's due. But we... We're glad to have you here. You're mm-hmm. uh, a good fit. I hope we feel like a good fit to you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I, I get excited. Bob knows I'm always like <laughs> geeking out <laughs> over the people and things. But, you know, I, I was going to say, too, about the doors. You know, I don't want to be the one that closes my door. Mm-hmm. You know, I if I mean, yeah, I mean, if there are cases where I know I'm not supposed to do something, okay, I don't have to wait for the door to shut for me. I can shut that. But, you know, when you're talking about, Bob, for folks kind of keeping open the possibilities, mm-hmm. you know, don't shut those doors prematurely. Oh, really yes. give some thought. Yes. And a couple of years even there, you know, you said, whoa, mm-hmm. some doors were shutting. Mm-hmm. But you didn't close the doors prematurely. You kept knocking. You mm-hmm. kept seeing, you know, mm-hmm. where the where the road was yes. going. 
Um, so that's exciting. So you said your sister is uh, was or is or was in school counseling. Mm-hmm. How did you choose mental health counseling? Because that's like for us, we've got the clinical mm-hmm. mental health counseling and the school counseling. What was the um, difference maker there for you? Mm, so my sister had already graduated and was working as a school counselor. I just didn't think that that was a good fit for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I was already working in the community, so... I kind of had a taste of what it meant to work with people in a mental health context before I even entered my master's program, which was kind of nice. Um, So I knew that I wanted to work outpatient. I felt like it was, I mean, it's the generalist degree. So it gave me more of a wide girth of things that I could potentially do or populations I could potentially work with. For me, I felt like school counseling might be just a little bit too limiting. And um, I've been able to work with children, adolescents, older adults, couples, families. So I've been able to do all those things. And that was, I wanted the option. So that was part of that intentionality. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. For me, I was somebody who knew I wanted to work with kids and families, but I didn't want to be a school counselor. And um, those are wonderful. And some of you are listening saying, oh, I want to be a school counselor. I want to work in the schools and for all these great reasons. But others of you are saying, uh, like Dr. Mitchell is saying, I'm saying, you find the fit. Mm-hmm. And um, I think something else important, and you you actually, uh, I believe, referenced there real quickly the um, importance of having some other experiences even before you go into your master's program. Mm-hmm. I know sometimes students feel like I've got to do it now, and maybe, you you know, certainly we get both. We get students who are maybe right out of their undergraduate program. We get students who are at all sorts of places along the lifespan. But, um, yeah, there's some – and it was for you that case that there was some value Mm -hmm. in working a couple of years before you went back to do the master's. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. yeah. I took two years off between Mm -hmm. my um, undergrad and master's. So, again, it wasn't planned that way, but I'm kind of glad it worked out that way. Yeah. You rolled with it. I did. I did. I, I rolled with it for sure. <laughs> yeah. We, we, you know, we often in our conversations back and forth of what it's like for us as counselors and, and for, and then for clients. And so a lot of times we're, you know, we'll obviously all three of us be teaching students and mm-hmm. we'll talk about maybe clients needing to roll or the counselor needing to roll with whatever's happening in the room. And um, it's always nice for us to remember like from our own perspective, what it feels like to roll and, you know, with whatever the process is. And uh, we're a little more um, sensitive to and um, supportive of clients than rolling. It's not Mm -hmm. like, why aren't you rolling with it, client? You know, from from a place of not understanding, it's more like, I get it, client. We're going to have to figure out how to roll with this. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Well, so, so you're, you graduate from your program, then what? Take us down that road. What happened after the, after the graduation? Oh, so uh, I, I've had many jobs. Um, many, many. I don't <laughs> many <have>. jobs. <laughs> okay. Um, at the time, I was working as a service coordinator, which is more social work than counseling. Um, I was doing that full time, and um, I was still seeing clients on the side. Um, so I had two two positions trying to get enough hours for licensure in um, my home state, Pennsylvania. So um, I had two sets of caseloads for two additional years, Mm -hmm. um, accruing our supervision, both at the behavioral health organization that I worked for full-time. And then I also worked in a counseling center that was housed within a church. Um, So I've gotten experience providing faith-based counseling services for those clients that wanted that. Um, But we also had clients that that didn't, but they saw the church as a a safe space or community Mm -hmm. space. Um, 
so I, I've had all types of clients. And similar to you, I um, I did some groups in a Title I school that was in that same community as the church. So I've, mm. I've kind of hopped around a little bit. Um, and I spent two years kind of, you know, doing that and just exclusively seeing clients. But I knew I wanted to go back to get my PhD. I wanted the experience and I wanted a break from academics and, you know, the intense rigor of being a student. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I intentionally took those two years off and, um, you know, I applied for PhD programs and, and oh. got into my first choice. So. Another purposeful two years there. Yes. And working two jobs. Let's not rush. <laughs> Let's get it done. I need to look into that. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I know some students, Bob, you know, they think, oh, I'm going to mm-hmm. get my master's, then I'm going to go out into private practice and save the world. And, or, you know, it might yes. not sound so, yeah. you know, lofty as save the world. But, but still, it's, I'm glad to hear Michelle, you say, as, you know, as a kind of reminder to students, potential students who, you know, are still kind of exploring these steps. Uh, as potential steps for you that following graduation, you tend to, it depends on your state's specific licensure requirements, but you tend to spend between two and three years yes. uh, working at paid. You're working as a paid, um, provisionally licensed or licensed with restrictions. I've heard it said different ways, but working under um, a seasoned supervisor mm-hmm. for those couple few years so that then you can you know practice without that restriction mm-hmm. or provision on your mm-hmm. license. So, um, so there you are. You're hustling. You know it in your heart. I feel called to, to teach, and I'm going to get that PhD. Um, so then what? Because there's people listening right now, both uh, future and current students. Yeah. There are some alums listening or just counselor people out there, count our, our friends out in the mm-hmm. world of counseling. You're going, hmm. She, I don't need to listen to this because I've been thinking about it. <laughs> I've been thinking about it. It was in your heart. How did you know it? Why did you follow that path? Oh, so... Well, during my master's program, I went to Duquesne University. It's in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and they also have a doctoral program. Mm -hmm. And I started making friends with some of the doctoral students. Um, Some are still friends with, you know, I'm friends with them today. And I met uh, one of my mentors. I have a number, um, but one, her name's Dr. Tanya Tinsley. And she was my internship supervisor um, during my master's program. Um, and I continued with her in that community, um, counseling center that I mentioned previously. I, I didn't think entering my master's program that I'd ever get a PhD, that I'm a first gen college student. My sister and I are the first ones, um, to get degrees at all. So, Getting a master's degree was so far out of the scope of my thought process. So getting a PhD was not mm-hmm. even close to being in my purview, like literally not close. Mm-hmm. Um, but coming into contact with people and then you start to see yourself mm-hmm. in other people. And I think that that's what it was for me. Um, seeing myself in other people, um, mentors, or I remember I had supervision with two doctoral students and there was a group of us and I did a case study and some of the comments was that um, I was producing doctoral level, you know, writing, um, which that's my perspective. Mm -hmm. That's debatable, especially at that time. (laughs) But that was the feedback that I got. Right. And it was, it was really other people speaking into me Mm -hmm. about what I could potentially do and the potential that they saw in me. It really wasn't, oh, I want to do that and I think I can do it. There was, I was curious, but I wasn't 
if I were to be honest, I wasn't really sure that I could do it. Um, and I think those two years were necessary for me to fine tune things. During that those two years, I was intentional in, in accruing hours, but I was also intentional in other things. I submitted um, CSI in the state of Pennsylvania had a conference and I had never presented at a conference before. Um, I submitted a proposal for a poster and it was accepted. Um, Interestingly enough, I'm the chair of the program now, but I submitted a research proposal. My Mm -hmm. mentor, Dr. Tinsley, assisted me um, and we worked together, but it was, I worked really hard um, writing this research proposal to be an AMCD, the Association for Multicultural Counseling and Development. That's a division for the listeners. Um, (laughs) But a proposal to be a mentee in their program and go to Hawaii. And then when you went... Um, the conference in Hawaii, as a mentee, you got to participate in certain activities, you got to present at ACA. And I applied for that. And I got that too, during those two years. Now I'm the chair of that program, which is really interesting, <laughs> full circle moment. <laughs> Love it. Um, That's great. But I was doing those things. So I was exposed to different people that were able to speak into me like, you can go back, you can do that. Um, you know, so you mm-hmm. can produce at that level. And um, so that's really what kind of pushed me into this. I knew once I started going to conferences and presenting at conferences that I was meant to do something beyond what I was currently doing. Yeah. So I just kind of continued on. I love that. You know, because, Bob, there's some folks right now who are supervising or serving as mentors. And what a wonderful um, compliment to your mentor and to those other multiple mentors and, you know, friends, supporters. Yeah. It's what a, a compliment and then also an encouragement, I would imagine, to some, oh, even to me. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, even as I'm listening, oh, and yes. I'm thinking, you know, pay even more attention to the ones coming behind and, you know, how can we support? Because there's a Michelle Mitchell who's wondering, can I do this? And she can do it. Mm-hmm. And she just needed people to see and say it. And uh, and then she could be- begin to believe it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and now Bob, even leading herself, you just won some award, great? didn't you? Yeah. I'm yes, sorry, I'm embarrassed to not know the name of it, but tell it to us. Come on, loud it's and proud. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> loud, loud and proud. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, yes, I think you're referring to the Cortland Lee Award. Yes. Yeah, I won um, the Cortland Lee Multicultural Excellence Scholarship Award at mm. ACA this year. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So American Counseling Association, uh, everybody, that's no joke. That's a big deal. So Michelle Mitchell, you know, people see you and they recognize the good work you're doing. Back yeah. even even in that master's degree they were, program, they were saying you are producing doctoral level work. And so now fast forward the clock for five years. I'm not sure what the, the timeline is, but people mm-hmm. are seeing Dr. Mitchell, Dr. Mitchell, she's bringing it. She's mm-hmm. she's doing good work, and people see that. So congratulations, thank for you, you. We're thank proud you, of you. And Wake Forest yeah. University, take note. You've got an all star uh, in the making right there, Dr. Michelle Mitchell. I like to do that. I, I'm sure somewhere else in Wake they're doing that, but I'm going to do it. Good you job. Know, where they're yes. loving, loving on people. So <laughs> yeah, all right. It. So you're moving right along. I mean, you you now. Um, this is your first faculty position, right? Yes. Wake. Mm-hmm. So you graduate your program. Wake Forest had the good sense, Bob. We had the good sense. Good sense. sense. Good sense. Snap her up. Yes. And here she is. And um, talk to us now. One year into uh, your first faculty position, how is it? Talk whatever comes to mind. I know that's wide open, but how is it for you? Um, 
my first thing I want to say is it's been good. It's been good. Um, I think I came from a really good training program. So there were certain things that I was prepared for. Um, but in all transitions, you know, you have to learn the Mm -hmm. culture. I'm not from North Carolina. I've never lived in North Carolina. So some of that transition is just getting acclimated to my immediate context and environment, but it's been good. I think mm-hmm. the the one thing that is really interesting is the roller coaster of the semester mm-hmm. that I was not prepared for. There's just weeks that are really busy. There are weeks that are a little bit slower and just getting yeah. acclimated. Mm-hmm. Just the ac- getting acclimated to everything has mm-hmm. been more of my focus this first year, but it's been, it's been good. Um, and I prepare, I tried to prepare as much as possible before I moved. Um, so you know, research-wise, um, service-wise, I already had kind of a foundation, and it made that transition into faculty position a little bit easier. Doesn't yeah. mean that it's been, you know, a hundred percent smooth sailing. I've had to obviously do my homework about Wake Forest and about Winston Salem and getting to meet new people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but all in all, it's been very good, and I would have not wanted it any other way. Mm. Oh, for that's, sure. That's nice to you. Doc yeah. students, doctoral students. Yeah. You it both ways. So you find us in a search engine, doc and doctoral students. Listen, right? That's yeah. great um, new faculty encouragement and advice to really um, st- study, to go ahead and be preparing in the ways, you know, take advantage of your training programs and all that they offer. And then you're studying, you know, Michelle, what you're saying, you studied Wake, you studied Winston-Salem, made some intentional decisions, and then took a leap. I can do this. I'm going to do yeah. this. And now still very realistic. That's what I'm hearing, Bob, just a lot of practicality there of give it some time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so that for anybody who – it's not that you maybe don't have the good sense to, to know that, but sometimes I think we're just flying through life and we think that doc student is thinking, I've just got to get a job, I'm going. And maybe they missed a couple important steps. Let me let me research yeah. and let me kind of be really fair with myself. And, um, you know, rather than going in thinking I'm going to conquer all the mountains, yeah. I'm just going to conquer one or two right. for this year. Yeah. And I think the for me personally, it was about fit. Um, so there are a lot of really great programs out there, but that doesn't mean that it's a great fit for, for me personally. Um, I think finding a university, an institution in a department that was a good fit for me personally, I remember my first year, my co I was in a doctoral cohort and we would talk about, okay, do you want to be at R1? Do you want to be at an R2? And I'm like, I think I want something in between. And I kept saying it and, and I kept hearing <laughs> feedback that that didn't exist. And I'm like, no, I, I do want to do research, but I still want to teach and I want it to be somewhere in between those two things. And yeah, uh-huh. that's wow. weak, yes. yeah. right? It like is, that is the epitome that is of that yeah. teacher-scholar model. Yeah. So... I think part of that too is fit. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. finding same, a place. Mm-hmm. Same for yourself what you wanted. Even though you weren't sure exactly where it was or who yeah. was doing that, you you know, felt it and went for it and turns out it's there and that's good advice too, Bob, mm-hmm. to the doc students really who is. might be yeah. listening. Or future. You know, somebody's listening right now and I mean gosh, I don't know, I'll just be guessing, but they're just maybe trying to finish an undergraduate degree. Yeah. <laughs> but they're listening. They happened upon this podcast and they're thinking, hmm. 
who is this Michelle Mitchell? And then they're going to do the next smart thing. They're going to Google the program. They're going to Google Dr. <laughs> Michelle Mitchell, the Cortland Lee Award yes. winner, American Counseling Association. They're going to start Googling, and they're going to start to see potentially in Michelle and in others that rise up in, in their uh, exploration themselves. Mm-hmm. I can do yes. this. Yeah. All right. So lots yeah. of positive. Oh, there's y'all so can't good. be in the room right now. Of course. I'm sorry for you, but I feel it for you. It's positive and it's goodness. This is this is exciting <laughs> stuff. Um, Bob, I'm thinking about like um, what her research interests are. What do you think? Okay. We should hit that. I think yeah. we better go down that road. Okay. Let's, Let's check that. Oh, research interests. Yeah. So my CV, I believe, says multicultural counseling, instrument development. Mm. Um. Maybe on the outskirts of that is mentoring, but at this point, I'm not really researching mentoring. I, I just like to engage in mentorship. Um, so, yeah, multicultural counseling and, and instrument development are my yeah. main things. Mm, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> We've said in other episodes of this yeah. po- podcast, you know, the, that we believe we're doing it well at Wake. It's never well and stop. It's, it's mm-hmm. continue to, you know, pursue um, excellence. but. If you are listening and, and you're trying to decide on a program or um, or if you're an alum of a program and you're thinking, is my program doing well in the area of multicultural competence? You know, for one, look it up. Find out about these programs, either as a future student or as an alum or wherever you're at on the continuum. I hope we're doing it well here. It helps us to do better with someone who has a research focus in multiculturalism, multicultural competence and counseling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for bringing that. And yeah. I hope you're going to hold us accountable. <laughs> you know, raise us up higher over here. Sure. Um, and let's kind of jump off that here a little bit. It's another wonderful attribute you bring into the world as a co- a, a person of color, mm-hmm. counselor, educator, mm-hmm. person of color. There, yeah, I don't know what you want to say about that, but for me, I'm as not a person of color. I'm I'm looking at our field and I'm I'm excited about where the field is going. Yeah. And I've long heard and, you know, in my own ways tried to work toward this, but, you know, who are we recruiting? Who is here as a counselor educator? Who are students seeing so that they can see themselves? We need yeah. more people of color yes. in the field of counseling. How do we get them here? Yeah. I know that's a big old question. That you know, is. We don't have them all, all the answers, but <laughs> how do we do that? We in all universities, I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to say all, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, write me, like much, much later, <laughs> if I'm way off. I think I think we all should be and mm-hmm. hopefully are going after recruiting mm-hmm. all people mm-hmm. for the field of counseling. How and why do we need to be doing this? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, uh, I, know. I know. There's so much to unpack there. Um, so <laughs> That's why you're going to come back for two <laughs> She was like, I'm not sure what I'm going to yeah, talk about. Yeah, I know. topic for right. another episode. Yeah, but so. just jump on wherever you can. I know it's a big question. Yeah, um, so in terms of recruitment, um, I think that we have to, as counselor educators, be intentional in the ways that we're recruiting, the spaces that we're um, recruiting. And part of that, like you mentioned before, is – Having and hiring other counselor educators that show the diversity that our world is is reflective of the diversity that is in our United States right now or internationally even. Um, Part of it is that a lot of students will look at the website. Well, one, update your website. Um, But also having counselor educators on that website 
that are diverse in many different ways, right? So one is race, ethnicity. Another could be gender identity. Um, another can be, we're talking about my research interests, right? So having a diversity of research interests. And even mm -hmm. master students are aware of the research interests of faculty members, right? So if you have a faculty member that you know, works on trauma and you have someone that's focusing on LGBTQ plus um, issues and different things like that. So I think one is definitely advertising to a wide girth of people. But another is, okay, we're saying that we want diversity, but for persons of color specifically, it's hard to come into a context that's very, how do I want to put this? Um, it's not diverse in terms of what leadership looks like, and then they have to fit into that specific box. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that can be relatively difficult, especially when you think about having like a multicultural class, which is a KCREP standard. Like every KCREP accredited program has to have that. Um, so being a, a student of color and not having people that understand that context can be difficult, and students are really aware of that. So creating a space where they can come in and voices can be heard, right? Like mm. faculty members legitimately, we're not just saying, hey, on paper, we want diversity. What We really do want diversity. We want to hear your voice. We want to hear everyone's voice, um, I think becomes really important. And there are a variety of ways of doing that, that I think that faculty members, um, what spaces are you inhabiting? Like what organizations are you a part of or what, um, you know, or student organizations, even on campus, are you showing up to those meetings or whatever the case may be? And whatever mm -hmm. little pocket that we all mm -hmm. live in as faculty members can kind of show our inclusivity and acceptance to students yeah. and students see that. I truly do believe that. Um, so I think that there's a variety of ways to get students. But another part is you know, how we're choosing that admissions process, how we're how we're making those decisions. Are we being intentional about saying, you know, and that's not to say that we're going to accept someone that isn't qualified, but just having certain things in mind. Um, so I think that there's a lot, <laughs> there's so many different <laughs> things and there's a lot of things, yeah. but I will say being here at Wake for two semesters, not even two full semesters yet, it feels like, and you all have been the hero way longer than me, that we really do want um, diversity of all kinds, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we really are accepting of that, and we want to create that safe space for our students, um, yeah. both our on-campus and our online students. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, so, yes. Yeah, I haven't had the pleasure of, I mean, I've obviously met some of our on-campus students, but I haven't taught as many as, of them as I would have liked just because of my course load. But there's diversity in our online students as well. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. not just again, not just race, ethnicity, that's a part of it, but also um, age, you oh, know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like well, yeah. that, you it know, really um, there's a, I mean, coming for residency, you see so many different people here. Um, yeah. So I think that we're we're attempting to be intentional in a, a lot of different so. ways. Mm -hmm. um, and as all programs, I think there's always room for improvement, right? And mm -hmm. that's Certainly. part of the process. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that intentionality piece is so important. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Our students, we, we want to help make them better for the field, but they come, Bob, and they make us better, you know, by their life experiences and, you know, um, helping stretch us. And Absolutely. We have to yes. continue to learn and grow ourselves. It's kind of one of your points there, Michelle, yeah. that we continue mm-hmm. experiencing different uh, pockets of culture and, and right. immersing ourselves mm-hmm. and in integrating in different ways. And um, so I know we've come a long way. We've got a long way to go. And uh, student, potential student, if you're listening and you think, hmm, let me check them out. Let me see what that web page looks yeah. like and let us see what their faces look like. And um, and then you start maybe doing research, find out who we are. And, yeah. um, you know, and, and there are lots of portals for finding out about our clinical mental health counseling and our school counseling master's of arts degrees, either uh, bricks and mortar, Bob, or online. Mm-hmm. And uh, we want you to reach out, do some, do just as uh, Michelle Mitchell did back in the day when she was just Michelle Mitchell, she did her research, her homework, and now she's Dr. Michelle Mitchell, and she's still doing her homework, working to make the field better as a counselor educator now. So that's good stuff. Oh, yes. Um, we're not even really, I mean, if we had time, which you're oh, going to come back, um, <laughs> we would explore her research agenda more. Absolutely. And you, that's Bob, she also, great another oh, follow-up topic. Please, us, I know. Yeah. And she also identified uh, being Christian in particular and a person of faith. And you know that's up mine and your alley. Mm-hmm. We will mm-hmm. have a good convo with Dr. Michelle Mitchell. We always talk um, about that. Because yeah. absolutely. That's, um, I know of, of you, that's uh, part of that foundation that mm-hmm. and that worldview that mm-hmm. helps to accomplish a lot of the REACH goals that you mm-hmm. have and um, inclusivity goals yes. that you have. Yes. I know that's a key facet. Mm-hmm. So important. Bob, Sounds I'm great. thinking we're wrapping up. Michelle, is there anything? Because you didn't know. You're like, what am I going to talk about? I came in here so <laughs> blind. Oh, what have I said? No, it's no, it's been great. It has been great. Yeah. yeah. I know we'll we at least have you. four listens to this podcast. It'll be Michelle Mitchell. <laughs> what did I say? It'll be Bob and Shannon. And it'll be Dr. Rob Cazares, who is our producer Absolutely. here in yes, the uh, sure. department, who produces our uh, podcast, the Department of Counseling, <laughs> Wake Forest University Department of Counseling podcast. Okay. What? Yeah. Can I add something? Please. Please. Okay. I just want to. I want to tell the listeners and um, Bob. I don't. You weren't in the room bef- before, but mm-hmm. I do want to tell the listeners that I am stepping out of my comfort zone Yay. in doing this podcast because oh. I, I shared with Shannon before, and um, and Rob when he was in here setting things up. I said, I think I am. I am learning that I really enjoy being in the background. I think that's probably part of me being a counselor, too. Mm-hmm. Um, be, I know being a professor and teaching, you're not so much in the background, but even that is kind of a closed space. That's People yes. aren't kind of coming in and out. I enjoy being in the background and being on the podcast is me kind of nudging my way out. Oh, um, wow. So oh, I nice. say that to say to anyone that's listening, whether wherever you are in your journey, um, push yourself. Out of your comfort zone. <laughs> Push yeah, yourself. I yeah. I, I have had to do that many times in my career thus far, and I'm sure it's going to continue to happen. I remember being an undergrad, and then I'll wrap up because I know I'm long-winded, guys. You're um, doing great. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to listen. I'm happy. I remember I having to take – I told this to a student like two weeks ago. Um, undergrad, we had to take a public health class. Oh, I mean, not public health, I'm sorry, a public speaking. And I was so nervous. I still get nervous when I have to speak in front of people, but um, I was really, I was the student shaking, holding my note cards. And I remember my professor would not allow for us to stand in front of a podium. 
he thought that, you know, that's a crutch. So I couldn't stand it. I mean, I'm just nervous. And then he taped us on VHS tapes, which <laughs> dates me a bit. Just but a just a little bit. I think I still have that VHS tape. Um, but I I took the class and I mean I wasn't the best speaker. I was still extremely nervous. But I remember thinking to myself, I really am uncomfortable with this. Mm-hmm. And if I don't address it, all these opportunities and things that I could potentially do down the line, which I was in my early 20s, I had no clue what I was going to do, would be automatically off the table because I'm trying to avoid this one thing. So I went, I actually applied for a job that it was a, a like a public health related job. I had to give presentations around campus to my peers. Um, the whole job was public speaking. I applied for a job <laughs> because I was like, I'm so uncomfortable with this. Yeah. And I mean, I got the position and even now I'm not in love with speaking publicly all the time, but I can do it mm-hmm. without quivering, you know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> without shaking profusely. Um, so I say that to say to step out yeah. and push yourself a little bit. Push it's yourself. Message, you never yeah. know what's on it the is. other good side story, of that. Yeah. You did more than push yourself throwing yeah, yourself you into a great. job. I did. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But I love it, too. There was an intentionality again. She was doing that as an undergrad and now as a counselor educator who is educating people, classrooms on a regular basis, but then also uh, increasingly uh, professional presentations as well. I mean, you, you, you know, you've, you're pushing. You're more than pushing. <laughs> but if the podcast is a push, Bob, I'm sure glad she pushed. I am, I'm too. Glad she came today. I am, too. What a delight. <laughs> All right. So there was the good last word from Dr. Michelle Mitchell. Push yourself. Break mm-hmm. break free of those comfort zones a little bit. Test yourself out. All right. Good. Bob, it's been yes, fun. It Once has. Again, I enjoyed this as always. I feel like it's it been too. meaningful and purposeful. And Same. Always learn something. I, me too. That's yeah. why I do them. I love them. Absolutely. All right. Well, you know, well, I believe I believe we can say it. We can. You ready? Yes. We, we did we it again. again. <laughs> <laughs>